This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Robinson Crusoe, written anew for children, by James Baldwin. Chapters 20 through 23. Chapter 20. I Make Me a Calendar. It was now just one year since I was cast upon this lonely island. Do you wonder how I have kept an account of the time? I will tell you. A few days after the shipwreck, it came into my mind that I should lose track of the days and the seasons, for I had neither almanac nor notebook. It would be hard always to remember the days of the week, and I might even forget when it was Sunday. So I set up a large post by my door. At the top of this post I cut in large letters these words, I came on shore here, September 30th, 1659. Every morning I cut a little notch on the side of the post under these words. Every seventh notch was twice as long as the rest, and this showed me that the day was Sunday. Every thirtieth notch was longer still and broader. This showed me that a full month had gone by. It was thus I made my calendar. One morning I found, on counting up, that there were three hundred and sixty-five notches on the post. I knew, therefore, that it was just one year since my landing. I kept this day as a solemn fast. I sat in my castle and thought of the goodness of God in thus keeping me alive and safe in the midst of so many perils. I humbled myself and thanked him for his many mercies. For twelve hours I tasted nothing. When at last the sun went down, I ate a biscuit and a bunch of grapes and went to bed. Having now been on the island a whole year, I had learned that the seasons there were not the same as in England. They were not to be spoken of as spring, summer, autumn, and winter. They were rather to be called the wet season and the dry season. Indeed, there were two wet seasons and two dry seasons in the year. Chapter 21 I Sow Some Grain the first wet season began about the middle of February and lasted till the middle April. The first dry season began about the middle of April and lasted till the middle of August. The second wet season began about the middle of August and lasted till the middle October. The second dry season began about the middle of October and lasted till the middle of February. I could not have kept track of these things easily if it had not been for my calendar. Just before the first rainy season began, I was one day rummaging among the shelves in my cave. There I found the little bag that I had brought from the ship with some barley in it, as I have already told you. I lifted it. It was almost empty. I looked inside. I saw nothing there but some dust and chaff. The rats had been there, 
and had eaten the grains of barley. The bag would be useful for something else. I took it outside and shook the dust and chaff upon the ground. It was a sunny place close by the great rock. About a month after this, I saw that something green was starting to grow at that place. I wondered what it was. It could not be grass, for the stalks were larger and stronger. I had forgotten about the barley, but I took care that nothing should break the stalks down. They grew fast, and were soon as high as my waist. Then I was surprised to see ten or twelve heads of green barley come out. You cannot think how glad I was. I remembered then how I had shaken the bag of dust and chaff over that very spot. But there was another surprise for me. I noticed in the wet ground, a little nearer the rock, some other green plants. These were not so tall as the barley stalks, and they did not seem to be the same. I watched them for several days. Then I saw that they were stalks of rice. No doubt some grains of rice had been in the bag with the barley, and had fallen out with the dust and chaff. You may be sure that I took good care of the grain. As soon as the barley was ripe, I harvested it. There was only a handful or two, but I put it away where no rats could get to it. I wished to keep it safe and plant it again the next season. I did the same way with the rice. There was so little to begin with that it took a long time to grow a big crop. It was not until the fourth harvest that I could keep some of the barley for bread. I found that the best place to plant the grain was not on the hillside, but in a moist spot not far from my summer home. One day, as soon as the wet season was at an end, I made a visit to the country to see how my crops were growing. There I saw something that surprised me. You will remember the fence that I built around my summer house, or bower, as I called it. It was made of two rows of tall stakes with brush between. Well, I now found that the stakes were still green, and that the long shoots or twigs were growing from them. Some of these branches were already two or three feet long. This pleased me very much. I cut and trained the growing branches into just such shapes as I wished. They grew very fast, and soon the whole fence was covered with green leaves. Then I trained the long branches toward the top of a pole, which I set up in the center of my bower. In a few months the whole enclosure was covered with a green roof. You cannot think how beautiful it was. The place was shady and cool, the pleasantest spot one could wish to have. I did not know what kind of tree it was that grew in this wonderful way, but I cut some more stakes of the same sort and carried them home to my castle. I set these stakes in a double row, about twenty inches outside of my first wall. In a few weeks they began to grow. They grew so fast that in two years they covered the whole space in front of my castle. They were not only handsome to look at, but they helped to protect my castle. Chapter 22 I Make a Long Journey 
I had long wished to see the whole of my island, so one fine morning I set out to travel across to the other side of it. Of course I carried my gun with me. In my belt was my best hatchet. In my pouch I had plenty of powder and shot. In my pocket were two biscuits and a big bunch of raisins. My dog followed behind me. I went past my summer-house or bower, and, toward evening, came to a fine open place close by the sea. It was a beautiful sight. The sky was clear, the air was still. The smooth water stretched away and away toward the setting sun. Far in the distance I could see land. I could not tell whether it was an island or some part of the mainland of America. It was at least fifty miles away. If it were the mainland, I felt quite sure that I would at some time or other see a ship sailing hither to it or from it. If it were an island, there might be savages on it whom it would not be safe for me to meet. But it would do no good to worry my mind about such matters. I found this side of the island much more beautiful than that where my castle was. Here were large open fields, green with grass and sweet with flowers. Here too were fine woods with many strange trees and vines. I saw many green parrots among the trees, and I thought how I would catch one and teach it to talk. After a great deal of trouble, I knocked a young one down with my stick. He was a good fighter, and it was no easy matter to get him, but at last I picked him up and put him in my bag. He was not hurt, and I carried him home. It was a long time before I could make him talk, but at last he became a great pet and would call me by my name. I shall have a funny story to tell about him after a while. Besides parrots, there were many other birds in the woods. Some of these were of kinds that I had never seen before. In the low grounds I saw some animals that looked like rabbits. There were others that I took to be foxes, but they were not such foxes as we have in England. I traveled very slowly around the island, for I wished to see everything. Often I did not go more than two miles in a day. At night I sometimes slept in a tree, while my dog watched below me. Sometimes I shut myself up in a little pen, made by driving tall stakes into the ground. I felt quite safe, for nothing could come near me without waking me. Along the seashore there were thousands of turtles and a great plenty of waterfowl. I had no trouble to find all the food I needed. Sometimes I had a roast pigeon for dinner, sometimes the juicy meat of a turtle, sometimes that of a goat. No king could have fared better. One day my dog caught a young kid. I ran and got hold of it and would not let him hurt it. I had a great mind to take it home with me, so I made a collar for it and led it along by a string which I had in my pocket. It was quite wild and did not lead well. It gave me so much trouble that I took it to my summer-house and left it there. I then went home to my castle. Chapter 
23. I HARVEST MY GRAIN I cannot tell you how glad I was to get to my old house again, and lie down in my good old hammock bed. I had been away for nearly a month. I was so tired from my long journey that I stayed in my castle nearly a week. While I was thus resting myself, I made a cage for my parrot, which I named Paul. He was very gentle for a parrot, and soon became very fond of me. Then I began to think of the kid that I had left in my summer bower, so I went with my dog to fetch it. I found it where I had left it. It had eaten all the grass inside of the fence, and was now very hungry. I gave it as much as it wished, and then I tied the string to it to lead it away. But there was no need of that, for it was quite tame. It followed me everywhere. It was very gentle and loving. I now had a number of pets, and was no longer lonesome. My life was much happier than it had been while I was sailing the seas. I took delight in many things that I had never cared for before. My barley and rice had grown well, and in another month would be ready to be harvested. But one day I saw that some animals had been in the field. Goats and rabbits had trampled upon the green stalks, and had eaten the long blades of barley. If things kept on this way, I should lose my grain. There was nothing to be done but to build a fence or hedge round the field. This was easy, for the field was not large. I drove tall stakes into the ground, all around my growing crops. These stakes were so close together that not even a rabbit could get between them. Then I tied my dog near the gate of the little field, so that he would bark whenever any animal came near. My grain was now safe from the beasts. It grew fast. The barley sent out large heads, which soon began to ripen. But now the birds came down in great flocks to rob me. They sat on the fence. They flew among the stalks of grain. They carried away all the ripe barley they could find. This troubled me very much. The most of the grain was still green. But I feared that as soon as it ripened, I should lose it all. I loaded my gun and went out to the field. There I saw the thieves, sitting on the fence and watching me. I was so angry that I fired right among them and killed three. Now I will show you how to steal my grain, I cried. I put up a long pole in the center of the field, and on top of it I hung the three dead birds. This I will do to all that ventured to come into my field, I said. Strange to say, this ended all my troubles. Not another bird came to that place so long as my scarecrows hung there. In fact, the birds went away from that part of the island, and I did not soon see another. End of chapters 20 through 23 Read by Dennis Sayers in Modesto, California for LibriVox in spring 2006